listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast, the new brand of AM radio. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode, Rapid Fire here, of the AntsMarching.org podcast. I am Matt. It is bright and early over here. It's 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning out here in the West Coast. I'm get I'm setting alarms. I'm getting up early for you, and then you've got Joe. Joe, good morning. Morning. Oh, wow, such dedication for you. So I'm on the East Coast. Still morning. Um, nice 11 a.m. here. And um, Matt told me that hey, we're gonna get this next podcast out because we got a lot to talk about. Let's do it. Uh, I'll I'll be the crazy one that'll wake up early in the morning to do this. You just be ready at 11. You can do that, right? I said, freak yeah, I can do that. Um, I go to bed and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to sleep to 11. And I get a text message from Matt at 10:45, like, Hey, you know, do you have do you have this yet? And I'm like, uh, No, uh, 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 no. <laughs> so uh, I just we just scrambled and woke up. Both of us have been up for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And what was the first thing we do? I made coffee, but then. I got my coffee here. You yep, got it same. too. Same. Oh, we is that a Yeti got, tumbler? We both got Yeti tumblers. Nice. We got a Yeti podcaster and a Yeti two <laughs> Yeti tumblers. I like it. So I'm ready to go now. Then we jumped so, onto the mic. I got a question, Joe. Um, anybody who's hung out with you, you know, has spent significant time with you um, during uh, tour season and all of this, and they have to deal with your Uh-oh. your female-like qualities in terms of getting ready. And that's not to denigrate our fairer sex. It's where, the, where are you going? Oh, no. What are you it, going with It's this? all this time spent to primp and press yourself up and the hour-long shower. Like, you know, you're trying to get a plan going. You're like, well, we got to budget in like an hour and 30 minutes for Joe to get ready. Come and on. I, you, you know what? If only it were an exaggeration. <laughs> but then, you know, this guy jumps on Skype, self-proclaimed, I just rolled out of bed. And, you know, he looks fine. And, you know, here's the funny thing. That's not me complimenting him right now. That's me saying, why are you spending so much time? Because you look no better after an hour and a half. <laughs> oh, come on. Away. No, I'm not saying you look bad now. I'm just saying you don't look better with all the effort. You look fine. Oh, man. I woke up like this. Isn't that a song or something? <laughs> <laughs> I feel really, I, I'm like, I got nothing going for me right now. And you think I and, look exactly the same when I, when I take a shower? And, and right there, folks, was Joe at his most, most hurt. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to see really how to cut them. I'm going to have some deep thoughts about this. Wow. I just heard your voice go and, and inflections I've never heard before, and you are upset. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man. I got to well, do some self-reflection. I was going to say, no more grooming tips podcast for you. I see you spinning up on the side. It's been it's been spoiled. <laughs> I, there's, there's, I have no uh, nothing to back it up with anymore. Now that people have seen my ungroomed and seen my groomed, they're like... The the delta there isn't significant enough. Well, other than to see your lovely, ungroomed, and yet still acceptable face, Joe, uh, we have, thanks to you, I mean, you put together a monster agenda here. Um, we have a lot to talk about, and and believe it or not, nothing has to do with the, none of it has to do with the bathroom sessions. Yeah. That's, that's the crazy part. Yeah, and if you haven't heard about the bathroom sessions, we just recorded a pod of that yesterday, and so if you're listening to this one because you're just listening to the latest podcast... Um, jump back one podcast, um, and you may have missed it. It's uh, all on the Batson sessions, and, and it's it is one podcast, but it is episode ninety nine. We are calling this one one hundred and one. Do, do you know how to count, Matt? It is not early Sunday morning math things that has caused <laughs> this weird jump. Uh, we had initially planned for one hundred to be a special episode, uh, kind of you know delve into um, some different content or at least site related content, um, and hit that milestone. 
because we've been doing these for a long time. The one hundred episodes, That's right? Crazy. And, and and these are like at least hour. Most of them are at least an hour long too. It's it's a quite a ton of content and a lot of a lot of us babbling for a long time. And <laughs> um and so the bats and sessions uh, leak kind of threw those plans into the garbage, and we had to jump on and talk about it. And that you know whereas. This would have been 99. That one was 99. So we just, we're going to make this one 101 and we're going to go back and do 100 here very shortly. I like that. I like uh, that. Yeah. Stay tuned that's, for 100. We'll that's be back. the plan. Can't you see us like roll into 108, run 09, and we haven't done 100? No, yet, we get to I 200. We're like, should we do the 100th now? <laughs> Is now a good time to do that? All right, let's do it. Yeah, so what do we got? We got, um, we got an agenda of, um, well, we talked about it a little bit yesterday, but you want to start with the tail end of the 2018 summer tour. Yeah, I'm not actually sure the last show that we talked about. It must have been – well, obviously, we did podcasts from the Gorge. We, um, we got a couple live podcasts from the Gorge. So I guess the one thing we didn't do from the Gorge was um, at the end of it, the wrap of it, uh, after night three. I mean, some pretty crazy stuff happened night three. I guess most particularly the Preservation Hall Jazz Band. Yeah. But uh, we had other guests that night, too. Um, we wondered if there would be any repeats on night three. We, you know – I think we speculated over all the course of three nights. Could they pull it off? Well, no. We ended up getting ended up getting repeats, repeated songs in the third night. But those repeated songs were ones that we had guests, and I think everyone would happily take. I, I, I assume would take a repeat of that girl is you on night three, given the circumstances. It was a repeat, but if you're gonna yeah. have a repeat, that's probably the best way to do it. Would you say, Matt? I, I completely agree, Joe. And. I had people texting me saying, you got to be kidding me, like, they played this last night and yet they couldn't bring the band out. And those concerns, if you want to ask that question, I think that's valid. And I think that just goes to show that so little of what actually happens is um, is planned, right? And I will say this, if that's the song that fit the best, and I, as far as I'm concerned, it, I don't know how much better they could have done in terms of a jam session. I loved it. Yeah. Um, and, if, and if they were to go back there and say, oh, man, but we played it last night. Let's not do that. That's too weird. Uh, I'm so happy they just said, screw it. What? I don't care if we played it last night. We got this idea. We're gonna. It's going to sound awesome. Let's just do it. And they yeah. did it. And that is more of a – I don't know if that's a risk that I've been kind of complaining that they would not take in more recent years. I don't know if that falls in that category. Mm-hmm. But if anything, it's just throwing caution to the wind and – and um, doing something interesting, even though there could be there could be complaints about it. I like that. Points for them on that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, we know Dave definitely thinks about all three nights when he writes the first night. Um, he has that in mind. I don't know. How, I don't know that he gets to the degree of having it all worked out, but I think he knows like major pieces, which how to distribute some of the staple pieces across the three nights. Um, so it's hard to say if, if you know. He knew in advance that he was going to be repeating those or knew in advance what day maybe they would be guesting or it just all kind of percolated uh, on the day of the show. But, man, was that performance amazing. And if you haven't had a chance oh. to listen to that, you get I get goosebumps if I still listen to it. It's on YouTube. You can find it. Just search, you know, Dave Matthews Band Gorge, Preservation Hall Jazz Band. It's night three of the Gorge this year, 2018. Um, you can get it on YouTube. Check it out. Pretty amazing if you haven't we- seen it yet. We did touch on it yesterday, though, that the recordings are um, uh, relatively muddled versus have been, having been there live. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is not as easy to pick out all the individual instruments being played. Yeah. Um, rest assured, I mean, if you were there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The the 
the jam was not a wall of sound. It was not musicians stepping on each other. It was, you couldn't believe there were that many people up there and it still sounded so good and coordinated. Mm -hmm. um, and I've, I have found the recordings, I'm like, I remember it sounding better than that. Yeah. Uh, it's not a knock, but yeah, it's, Joe, you're thinking about it. I know you're. And I got that beat now. Yeah, I got the beat yep. in my head. Yep. I mean, it, yep. the, you know, if you're not familiar with Preservation Hall Jazz Band, right, they're um, from New Orleans, so they've got that New Orleans uh, street street band, jazz band uh, yeah. kind of sound, brass horns, um, check them out. And uh, we mentioned on the last pod, but if you didn't hear, um, the Preservation Hall Band is going to be joining DMB in Seaville for the fall tours, the two Seaville shows they'll be opening for them. So fingers crossed that they um, do some more collaboration because that would be amazing. Maybe this time, maybe some members come out and join their set uh, versus the reverse. That'd be cool. uh, that would be cool. I think, th I mean, this thing is, is custom made for Rashawn. Oh yeah, uh, you know, I mean, they have they have saxophone, they have trumpets. Ab yeah. Absolutely, I guess I guess I where I, where I think Jeff could plug in almost anywhere. Uh, I I I feel trumpets a little more of a of a niche instrument in terms of rock bands mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah, I, I just you know obviously they're a jazz band, but um, you know in terms of Dave Matthews Band, I've not been uh, I've not been shy in my feelings that I, I don't love the trumpet sound, mm -hmm. but. Um, Certainly, the Preservation Hall Jazz Band is something that Rashawn can jump right in and, and definitely uh, contribute big time. Right. And that yep. would be fun to see. So, yeah, we haven't talked about the night three. Really, um, we've got uh, a couple of, uh, well, one debut, we got Butterfly to open, which I think the last time they played it was The Gorge, mm. which is interesting. Very interesting. There's some kind of connection there. Right. We got uh, Superstition and Proudest Monkey, which were only the second time we saw those two all tour. Wow. Okay. Um, uh, they say uh, you know improv is is listed on on our set here, but that is it, it came. It was the little intro to hello again, um, so it wasn't like the improv that was kind of officially called improv there for a little while. Um, we got Captain and Twenty Seven that were the fifth and fourth plays respectively of the tour. We got uh, um, one thing I like was uh, from night two where Hamilton came out and mm. played on last stop. He came back out and played on Lion Our Graves. And that was, uh, you know, I, I, we talked about it on the, the pod from The Gorge, but Hamilton has been one of my favorite guests as well. What a cool sound. Uh, guy's got amazing stage presence. And it's not amazing in like a Steven Tyler kind of Bono. It's not this showman stage presence. He's just this big, imposing, tall dude with this fro. <laughs> and, and and he's got this little instrument and he's killing it. And he's I, I think he's got the Carter smile disease too. I think he's got the, he's got the smile. He's always got a got like a the smile on him. He's got the kind of like uh, goofy nerdy glasses. Um, he just looks like like very likable and and very awesome to watch. Very entertaining uh, when he's playing on stage. It's a good point. It's one of those guys you want you want to see having fun up there and you 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 feed off of that exactly. that happiness that he's seeing. Con he's contagious. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, so, um, and then the, did you mention Joe uh, M? No, not Joe M. Uh, Joe, uh, what is it? Fathering him? Um, who guessed yeah, it? Fathering him? Yeah, guessed it on she. I guess the history there is uh, trumpet player, right? That's uh, like a young, younger kid, like high school, I think. Um, I think so. That played actually appeared on the Come Tomorrow album, and. Uh, they, oh, they had him out and, and guessed it on one of the shows. I think he was, you know, part of like a part of like a, a, a like one of those um, horn 
sessions. What am I trying to think of the word I can't think of? Is like you know when they have like workshops, like a horn workshop. I think that Rashawn maybe did one time. Mm-hmm. He he participated in it, and then you know they invited him to be on the album. I think, and then now he invited him to be a guest. So. It's pretty awesome for that guy to, uh, you know, a young person like that. That to get, kid, yeah. yeah. Get all those, be, get all those experiences. So we haven't really um, d- dove too much into my overall gorge feeling. As you said on the last podcast, I wasn't even going to go until a, for a good part of this calendar year. Um, th- Thank you, Brittany. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, there's, there is, the. Um, I, I will say that overall I had... A, a great weekend at a very good time and that includes uh the concerts i really enjoyed them but it um i realized i had to take a different tack in terms of how i approach the shows and it's not an expectation thing it's just i realized that i realized that um how i would see the band back in the mid two thousand early 2000s and mid 2000s is just gone in terms of not the band in terms of what I went to, what I went to see the band for. I went to see stuff I hadn't heard before. I would climb up fences to hear sound checks and hope to hear something before the show. Mm. Um, the, the mysteriousness of it, the, the fact that anything could happen on any given night was still kind of there, especially around all these album releases. You know, they were sound checking big eyed fish early two thousands and, Monkey Man snuck into a couple of sound checks and things like that. Yep. Um, and and I, I have found it hard to break out of that box because it that's an exciting way to follow a band. Mm-hmm. If the band is bringing is holding up their end of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for good or bad, and and it, it's been tough to let that go because that is a high that you get when when something happens or you hear something or something unique happens. Mm -hmm. And um, as, as the band gets older and their career gets longer, uh, they have just shifted into a different gear. Um, And, uh, and it doesn't mean it's worse, but, and and it doesn't mean that the shows are less good. It's, but it is a shift. And I think I've taken a long time to come around to, I enjoy Except, what you got. Ex- accepting that shift and, and yep, yeah. accepting that shift. Yeah. So, so it's not lowered expectations. It's just different goals. Yeah. If you go, <laughs> if you if you go in with those original expectations to a show now, you're going to be disappointed, right? So, it, how do you change your expectations and realize the now, and so that way the expectations you go in with are going to to match yeah. up. And I think you know the bands. I guess it's definitely they've definitely people. I guess the fan base has definitely made this shift too. I would think. Back then, I think you know maybe a, a bigger majority of the venue was in the same state as you, searching yeah. for that stuff and actively like participating in online communities and trying to find that. I would say there's a lot of fans now that aren't as much trying to stay up to speed on everything at DMB and what new songs are on and, and chasing things. They're kind of just going there and they kind of like if they know all the songs um, versus you know. 10 years ago when people were probably more on the internet trying to figure out what's the, what's the new things, what, what songs are going to get played that I've never heard before. Now right. people, I think just show up. Cause, um, See, and I think it's easy to, to, to associate when I say change my expectations. I'm not saying lower my expectations. It's not, I'm not speaking in the way of shows used to be fun and now they're not. And I just need to get used to it and accept it. Yeah. That's, that's not the, what I mean by the word expectations or yeah. Yeah. I, it is. It is a just. It is a just what I'm there for. 
Um, and that's on me. That's certainly on me. Yep. Um, obviously, I would find it more exciting if it was still uh, one of those anything could pop out. I think I'd prefer that. I, yeah, I, I would still I prefer it. Anyway, we still kind of ask for that each time, and it's a little bit in the back of our head. So I'm, I'm on the same page. I think that that would be awesome. But I, I, if I look at people that are disappointed after a show, any show at this point, right? You could always put it down to expectations. Almost always, um, put it down to expectations. And a lot of problems people have is they go in with too high expectations for a show because oh my gosh, it's night two of. Uh, it's back, uh, so it's gonna have to be absolutely amazing. I can't remember. I'm uh, I I roomed with uh, Go Cubs Go, one of our moderators, John, mm-hmm. and I can't remember what he was saying. But after after night two, he was he was feeling real good or something, and he said night three. I can't remember what he was predicting, but I it was it was outrageous stuff. And he was sitting there with a straight face. We're gonna get this. We're gonna get that. <laughs> and yeah. It was it was completely unrealistic, and I was I was loving every minute of it that it, he was. Yeah, and then that, that only sets you up to be disappointed. You know, you get you got the wrong expectations. If you ever see somebody disappointed, it's probably because they went in with the wrong expectations. They had certain songs they wanted to hear. They expected something, blah, 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 and they didn't get it, and that's why I respect it. So the best thing you can do is try to level set your expectations for what's really going to be the show. And if they do more than that, then you're going to be pleasantly surprised. If they if they do what the, the expectation is, then you're not going to be disappointed. You know, and it was kind of it's kind of a, a I don't know if bipolar is the right word, but it's chasing those high highs is is great, and it's easy if you don't hit those high highs to be really pessimistic and down. Yeah. I think I think it's a natural reaction to kind of buffer your own whoa your recoil from yeah. what you know. Why didn't I just love that? Right. Um, and and that doesn't excuse I think. Um, it doesn't excuse anything from the band, really. I mean, it, the band is still capable of having a poor show or or choosing a poor set list or poor effort or whatever. Um, uh, so I'm not sp- speaking in those things where it feels like the energy wasn't there or whatever. But um, overall, uh, as it applies to the gorge, I took a different tack and I didn't. Good. I actively didn't care. I, I I tamped down those <laughs> hopes that are still in me from when I started following this band in the late '90s, and and uh, and and I had a that great weekend. That and and so this is my question. That's awesome to hear. I love to hear that. I know there's more to that than that, but I love hearing it at least in that little that little piece. And my question would for you would be, you know, as we talked at all these pods throughout the entire summer tour, I, I don't know what the right word is, but I would say you were a little bit sour about the looking at the tour from pieces of paper mm-hmm. after going and after this whole expectation thing um did it change your feelings about this tour at all no okay because and I, I guess the way i try to play that is if uh if i was not at the gorge and i looked at all three pieces of paper mm-hmm. would i would i feel the same way would i all would i have the same reactions to the set lists yeah I think so. Maybe I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's that's almost impossible to do is look at it and imagine you weren't there, right? Kind of thing. Because as the shows were going on, I was like, "Man, I wonder." I always think to the people who are couch touring it, like we do or I do most of the most of the tour. Uh, I think night two was a was a really spectacular show set list wise. Yep. Um, you know, you've got like you've, uh, you, you know, I mean, that li- guys- lie in the graves. I mean, I think is my highlight from the entire weekends yeah yeah well i mean i like grace is gone i mean look listen to that run you got you got 
Uh, Nancy's idea of you, I wouldn't count idea of you in that, but don't drink the water. Grace is gone. Last stop, dig in a ditch. Oh, the last oh. stop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, last stop's great, but they, at that sh- that song hasn't been good in a long time, in my opinion, in terms of how they were on playing it. Yeah. But I was happy to hear it, and the Hamilton um, guest was really started off slow. You weren't sh- like, what's going on here? Yeah. And then he got in like. They picked. They felt it. They yep. felt it, and they locked onto that. That was cool. That was really cool. Um, Mike's got a question for you. What did you think of our first show with Buddy? Oh, um, so I listened to some of the earlier sh- shows in the tour, like right at the beginning, and you know he was. It was he was easing his way in. I think he's great. I I, I liked Butch. Like the the key keys are a great addition. Keys were an original component of this band. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. He Buddy's great. He brings great energy. They they obviously have a lot of fun up there with him, which is the most important thing, right? The fun. Yep. yep. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but that is good. That's good to see them having fun up there, and that is readily abundant with with um with Buddy up there. I like his groove, and um I look forward to him being here in four years and everybody griping about how there's too much Buddy now. Like it's such a cycle. Right? It is. Yeah, it is. Um. You know, as long as we don't get ten minute uh, solos on the staple songs, like the Butch Butch fell into that rhythm, right? That's, I think, would ultimately um, garner some ill will towards some of the hardcore fan from some of the hardcore fan base. That's a good point. Yep. What can I say? I mean, one year. And listen, if he's out on tour with them, um, Joe, is is he a full member? If he's on tour with them, the fall tour, or do we wait till next summer to take him off the guest list? Because people just love to point that out. Putting us on the spot. We it used to be we one, say one year, right? It used to be one year, yeah. That's what I was going to yep. say. So, yep. I mean, technically, no, but she's still going to be a guest on the set list uh, this fall, folks. So, <laughs> I might, I might just do it so I don't have to hear people talk about it anymore. I no, I, no, that's exactly why you still do it, <laughs> <laughs> just to get people frustrated. But I mean, I think yeah, people are loving Buddy right now. They love uh, him on um, what's the cover? Um, time of the season? No, not time of the. It starts with S. Um, Superstition, yeah, superstition. Thank yeah, you. man, they love him singing. He 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 plays a key part in superstition. Um, people love it. Uh, yeah, his vocals is actually he's probably got a great voice. Yeah, it's uh, it goes really good, and it's back and forth singing with Dave is awesome. So, can we uh, talk about the Be Strong brand thing? Yeah, yeah. Well, is that it, weird? That's his name. Yeah, do I wear a shirt? I mean, I drink out of a coffee mug, but it's not the same spell. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not re- you're not repping Yeti. No, that's I just find that strange to me. It's <laughs> just nitpicking, but it's weird. Yeah, I, it's a pretty it's a pretty cool um, cool name to have. I mean, if I oh be strong, yeah. yeah if I kind of had if I kind of had a cool name like that, maybe I would maybe I would do it. Really, I think you have a cool name, so do it. Make a shirt. <laughs> I'll make you a shirt if you wear that shirt. It says like Joe M. Joe Mama or something like like just we got to come up with something. All right, oh, no. Co- contest for all those live listening right now and all those listening. You can tweet at Ants or email podcast at antsmarsh.org. If you come up with a Joe related brand, I will make him a shirt and I will force him to wear it. Uh, coming up. Oh gosh, no! I, the, the key part I said there was is it has to be cool. It has to be cool. And so far, well, that's what I'm saying. It has to be cool. So we got a creative listener base. Let's go. Oh, I don't know about that. Speaking of, um... oh, he's knocking everybody out there. Prove him wrong. <laughs> I don't want to wear a shirt to the fall tour that has my name on it. So don't, don't. Um, Joe M. Wrinkle Free. I like that. <laughs> so speaking of Buddy, to change the subject, um, but stay on the subject, is uh, 
uh, Relics uh, Magazine uh, just did an article in an interview on Buddy Strong and about joining the band, which gives us some additional insight about Buddy joining and, you know, pieces that we already knew, the connections through Usher and um, Natural, I think it is, right, and uh, and Rashawn, then to Dave. I thought one of the interesting comments on this is, uh, you know, he meets Dave in the studio for a, 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 a tryout, you know, and he, he has no idea what he's going to have to try out. He said he listened to the Live in Chicago live disc. And just kind of learned that, which is from ninety eight. Yeah, interesting disc to to pick. Oh, it's a freaking great concert, great one, but like <laughs> great concert. That one, like, wh- why that one? I don't have no idea why that live in Chicago. Maybe somebody, maybe he saw it at the dollar store or something. I don't know, but um, he picks that. He goes to the studio. Dave shows him this piano that's like really cool, and they talk about the piano for a while, and then he just starts noodling on the piano. And after like a couple minutes, Dave's like. Ah, oh, let's go get lunch. You're good. It took like a couple minutes, and he, so, he just so, based it so off of chemistry and rivaling how much time they spend putting together an album in the studio. You think it's oh, more or less a couple minutes? <laughs> more or less. Than you know that. what? You know what? I do like how you referenced the dollar store because uh, when you try to think of a random place, Mister Joe M. Oh come on, thinking that goes to the dollar store. <laughs> Like the dollar story that just seemed like where the album would be but yes i'm always looking for that that deal that deal yep um so i thought that was interesting from it uh there's a couple other you know a uh, little interesting tidbits in there i mean he talks about uh two-step at deer creek night two which uh, we hadn't had a chance to talk about on the podcast at all but i picked up from him that he had he had said that he had never heard the song before they played it he had never he had never heard it. They just put that on the set list. I don't know if it was, and he didn't have time to prepare, but he played that song without ever having played it. So played it before. So which is interesting. Yeah, you have a point. Because we've talked yeah, we've talked about that. They're musicians. They 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 they, they can do it. They don't need like, oh, but he's got to get up to speed. There look, there's an example. He's, they're playing two step and he's never even heard the song. So he plays it and they talk about it in the article how um they get to the part where the song tri- is like from the album is supposed to stop, and they go then into the 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 uh, the jam thing that doesn't sound like the rest of the song, and he was completely caught off guard. Like, oh, this doesn't even sound like the same song. What am I? What's what's going on here? So, but he said Carter blew his mind. He said his 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 number one experience with the band so far was playing two step at Deer Creek and and just being mind completely blown. blind, Bi- blind and like the, the energy of the band and that song. Yeah. He was just completely like sucked into it, which was pretty cool see, to hear. See, and I love that. And that, that goes to the point where, listen, I don't care if this band's up there trying goofy stuff all the time and screwing up, please like, go ahead, have fun. And that's, that's awesome. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. It's really cool. So, um, Glad to hear that you like Buddy. Sounds like people are liking Buddy. It's awesome. Yep. I guess then there are a couple more shows, Reno and uh, what, San Fran and L.A. I think most notably would be – actually, Reno, I think, if from my memory, was very disappointing in the sense that it was like a lot of – they didn't really even do anything different from – if you went to if you went to Gorge, I feel like it's really hard to go to Reno right after it because how are they going to do something too much different from right. three nights you've, at the you've, Gorge? You have paid very close attention to the Three Gorge Nights, so right. probably, typically, you know, you'd think um, they're not going to pull anything out there that's going to impress, usually. Right. It's a tough, it's a, it's t- whoever the show is to follow the Gorge yep. Has, yep. has a tough act. 
Um, Samurai Cop, Shake Me Like a Monkey, that is a rough encore. That is a very rough encore. Yeah, I would not be happy yeah. with that. No. Um, uh, can I just make a quick point about yeah. the gorge? Yeah. People had, there was a little bit of beef about the, the, the encore night three on Sunday. There's Butterfly Watchtower, and then the band made the galling mistake of playing oh, another song. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and and this this is Setlistitis, or whatever you want to call it. It, it, it is. And I know, I, I've probably been here before. I have. Because you look at it, oh, why would they play Cornbread? Why wouldn't, they? it's not that they didn't, they didn't want another song. It was just play Watchtower and be done with it. So they got another song, a crowd favorite song, but because it's not highbrow enough. Now, see, the Brit Prague says Cornbread worst end to the best weekend. No. See, here's the thing. It, so, so what I'm guessing what you would want, Brit, is to them drop Cornbread off. So now it's Butterfly Watchtower. Somehow that's more of an elite ending, but instead you still got Watchtower. Right. And they played another song that's high energy. Yeah, it's not typically a closer, but who cares? There's a three-song encore, yeah. and you still got the song you probably wanted to end the weekend in. It just didn't end the weekend. Does it send you home any less happy? I mean, you still got it. Right. And I, it's, I, and I like them mixing up. I don't want to. I don't want to go to a bunch of shows and they always end with Watchtower. Go ahead, throw Cornbread at the end yeah. and mix it up. That's awesome. I think though that the part that people are really <laughs> upset is, I think was your, and maybe related to your set list itis, uh, you know, disease is. When, when people get a hold of the planned set list, the written set list that, you know, the band had, had written. And for this show, the set list was all of that. It had, it was Watchtower, Cornbread, Two-Step, and right. one other song. I can't even remember the other one. It had all of those songs. Like what list- You Are, I think, was in there. Okay, yeah, yeah. Good, good call. That's what it was. Um, all of those were listed in the encore. And people saw then the set list after the show. They, they probably were happy. They were like, wow, that was cool. That was a great show. Look, a three-song encore. I was happy. Then they see this pe- piece of mm. paper that originally had five songs in the encore. They're like... Oh, worst encore ever! Why did they cut? Yeah. Why did they cut those songs? Why? Why did they? Why, why did they pick Cornbread and Watchtower? Those are two worst songs out of those five. If you never saw that piece of paper, you'd be very happy. Um, or if the piece of paper just had those songs, you would be happy with that encore. And I think you know, I would be happy with that encore. I, this is not like you said that encore of uh, "Shake Me Like a Monkey" and uh, whatever Sam Cop. Samurai Cop. <laughs> I mean, yes, I would be upset with that one. You're right. There were people who had that take after seeing the set list. The original, not I don't know if it was planned. Usually, when they do options, they have slashes on there. This was not that. This was, and I think it was meant in that way. Right. Um, but it wasn't. It wasn't written that way, so it made it look like they were all planned. Yeah. Um, even still, so there were people like that who who would see the set list and then have an issue. But I was hearing people complaining before. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, not without the context of the actual set list. Okay. Um, and and it is just now you're boxing yourself into the rules. There should be no other songs other than Two Step, Watchtower, Halloween, Last Stop, um, um, you know, uh, Billy's, whatever songs are typical closers. Now, uh, yeah, especially like you said, if it were Butterfly and Cornbread, gripe away. And even even then, you know, it's something different. Cornbread's not a lousy song. It's a high energy tour only. Yes, very pop. Very one of. I mean, very pop. You know, people sing it. People dance. Dave's dancing on stage. I mean, there was the years that it was overplayed, and that gets that gets old when it's it, when it was the Samurai Comp when it was getting played at every show. That that kind of hurts Cornbread. I'm yeah, the, these these songs were the first, sixth, and ninth performance of the entire tour. 
for those three songs in that order, Butterfly, Watch Out. I mean, that, that's a fairly rare encore for the tour. Very rare. Yeah, very rare. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, yeah. I, thank you for bringing that up. I forgot about yeah. that. That was, that was something that everyone was focused on, and I was trying to shake people like, oh, come on. That, that was, that's, that was, that was a good time. I, overall, I mean, oh, you got more. No, no, oh, I'm good. I, I, I'm, I, I'm coming out of this feeling like I got a pretty positive tint. Yeah. You know, the uh, things. Yeah, I think you do have a pretty positive tint. I, I think it was a great gorge. I think what something else that noted me about the gorge was it was packed at the gorge. I don't if every three nights was not sold out. It was pretty darn close, and I haven't seen the gorge that way in a long time. Me either. And and I I try to make a point to look. You know, and I I try to think have I really paid attention to it in the past years? And and I think yes. Oh yeah, I definitely Be- do. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen it feel that pack that early too yeah very early there was packed in like normally the edges of the, the remote sides the left and right side of the lawn you got grass and you can get like stand and be plenty race the sides of the lawn were packed um so it's pretty awesome how many people came out to the gorge i don't know you know just a year off and people said you know where everyone was able to you know maybe save a little bit of money and said okay this is now the time i'm going to go to the gorge after a year off i'm going to save money and do that I'm not sure if that's it or people are just re-energized about the gorge, but it was awesome. There's so many people in there before the show. The place was packed. Yeah, I mean, you know the narrative lately, and I think there is quite a bit of truth to it that that the band's attendance is is trending downward and and all of that. And and you would think a destination venue yeah. would probably suffer, maybe, maybe suffer more than most. You can make an argument both ways, I think, where you would say, well, no, that's actually the outlier. Or you could say it will follow the trend because it's more difficult to get to. You can look at it both ways. Yeah. But this was not this was not a weekend to kind of uh, confirm that general trend. It was very promising. Uh, that was yep. that was really cool to see how many people had come out to um, had yeah. come out to the gorge. So um, I've already heard yeah. a lot of people already actually have made plans for next year's gorge. Already made uh, made uh, wow travel plans. Yeah. So well, I mean, so so overall, we we had we had have we gotten the stats on exactly um, how many different songs were played? Mm. Uh, I thought that was easy to find, but this is again the data is out there in ants, and we just do a really poor job of like yeah, of summarizing it, which it. is is could perpetually on our list. Yes, but um, you know we had samurai. There were there were forty seven uh, shows. Samurai Cop was played at oh there we go thirty nine of them. There were ninety seven different songs played. Wow. And to get to that, I am on Tour Central. I'm on the summer tour, and then I click on the um. Is it the, the tour song, page? No? Song this the oh, I'm sorry. Yes. under the song trends button. There's a tour show stats. Got it. And you hit that, and you get the top ten rare songs. That, so so Sam Cop was played 39 times. The next most popular song was Bayou at 30. Um, yeah, that got played a lot. Right. I think 97 is a is a is a relatively no, low number. Uh, can, of, how uh, fast can you pull up uh, six 2016? I can pull it up quite quickly. <laughs> Um, so you think 2016 will be less or more than 97? Um, more. Oh, 91. <laughs> you knew that, didn't you? You set me up. <laughs> you set me up. You know, I'm going to go to 15 because wasn't that the the outrageous? Like they were playing something new every night, right? Yes, it was. And that one is is 116. 47 shows all across the board. This is perfect. Yeah, great comparison. 91, 97. Or nine one sixteen ninety one ninety seven, wow, wow, yep. That's yep. I mean that's awesome on that fifteen. Like they that, and you could see right there's the delta of the of the extra songs. So when we had a lot of nights this tour that didn't have anything unique, 
that's when those unique songs would have come to get to that 115. Yeah, you've got you've got in that 15 tour, <clears throat> you've got three songs over the 50% mark for the tour, which means they were played more than one out of every two shows. That was Black and Bluebird, which was really Dave's newest song at the time. Okay. Uh, what would you say in songs that Jane likes at 33, 27, and 24? From 41 and Spelly Belly Nights, Billy's, that's 23 or less plays. From and, and out of 47 shows, that's less than half the shows. So, except for three songs, there wasn't a single song played more than greater than one out of every two. Sure. And then what about this year? That's a great question. Um, so, one out of every two, that line's 23. The top 10 songs played all have 24 or more plays. Wow. So the top 10 songs were all played at least one out of every two shows or yeah. more or greater. Yeah. Now, this is an album tour, so we, we, we expected there's going to be... How many of those are new album songs? Probably a lot of them. Uh, Sam Cop, Can't Stop, She, Again and Again, That Girl Is You. So five out of... There were still five non-album songs played more more often. Yeah. I'm surprised by Louisiana Bayou getting played, um, played that much. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. So, I mean, it matches up. We have fewer number of songs played than... Two years ago, or two tours ago, I should say, three years ago, um, we have twice as you know, ten songs that have been played every other night. Obviously, half of them are from a new album, so that's expected. But probably the other half, the other five, probably not expected. You, if anything, you would think because it's an album year, it should really hurt the other songs from being able to have a chance of getting played one every two shows. So you'd think, right. you'd really think <clears throat> there would be very few of those. But somehow we squeezed out five in an album year with those. That's that's surprising. Yep. Yep. Well, okay. So that that wraps up 2018 summer tour. Well, I think we can. The last. Can, the one, can I just talk about the Mark yeah. Batson thing? I think that's pretty uh, worth noting. Sure. Yeah, Mark Batson coming out as a guest and ah. for the final show of the of the uh, of the uh, summer. And I know Matt, you are gonna love you love the badge part of this. What is that? That ruined everybody's badge or stu- <laughs> a DMB hub stub for come tomorrow. Everybody who had heard every song, me included. <laughs> you had the had the stub until the last show of the tour, and anybody who wasn't at that show, they lost the stub. They lost it, and I I had the biggest feeling that that was going to happen. I honest, I think I've said on a past podcast that I almost wanted to go to the show just because I, I knew <laughs> we knew Batson was going to be guesting, and that this was likely the one time that it would be able to get played. And you know, if it didn't go now, I didn't hear it. The only thing is, the show was on a Monday, and I just couldn't. that might be the only time they ever play it too. It might be the only time. Now, I will say, Mark Batson has recently messaged um, that he's warming up his keys, you know, with Dave Matthews. Man. I, he gave a very weird little hint, and uh, some people said, hey, I hope I get to hear, you know, when I'm weary again sometime. And he said, yeah, I, I hope so, too, you know, or, I, you know, I'm hoping to play it again, too. So, I don't know. Well, he, he gave the impression that it might happen. But man, that's gotta yeah, be. A- I would I would urge caution. Yeah, Mark's a super positive guy, really affirmative. That's like, true. yep, yeah, that's yes, how he, yes, that's how he I talks. hope so yeah. too. I'm I'm hopeful, brother. Like he's super positive and 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 optimistic, but yeah. certainly an optimistic guy. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, he is very very optimistic when it comes to that stuff. So and and, and us with all of our hopes, we have to be careful not to match that up because then we just get let down by our own expectations. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, Buddy could play this song. I'm not sure why it needs to be Batson yeah. to play it. Or maybe they just thought, this is not really meant for live shows. And this is, well, we have Buddy could, and we have um, Batson. Dave here. could probably play it also, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. I don't, they haven't had a, a, a piano on tour for him. Um, right. So they'd have to, 
tell Buddy to get out of the seat and let Dave sit there. <laughs> get up, can you go, Buddy? Can you go stand by the microphone at the front there while I play a play a, play a song? But that's pretty crazy. We got to hear the debut of When I'm Weary. It may be the only time. Who knows? It's going to be hard to say. But yes, everybody lost their badges. I think there's like what you you had totaled it up. I think we're down to like probably only um, some like I think you told me like 20 people or something like that. Or not not a lot of people now have the badge because you had to be at this show. Um, and I guess we can still hope that maybe they play Bicka Dicka Bicka Dicka Dicka um, And then that would also cause people to lose the badge again unless they were at that show too. <laughs> True. Um, True. So I don't think I don't think there's a, a high possible you know, chance of that happening. Yeah, I think that's pretty low. There'll be chances. So, Joe, can we take a quick break before we move on to the fall tour stuff? Let's do it. I like it. We'll keep the stream going, and really nothing will change except I'm going to step away. I'm going to walk Muggsy. Oh, cool. Um, I think we'll make another coffee. Ooh. So, uh, y'all on YouTube, I'm just going to leave it rolling, keep it tight, and uh, we'll be right back. Yeah.
so we have a little less than an hour to go, Joe, because the JETS 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 are on <laughs> at ten, and I will be watching them. Hopefully, yes. Hopefully, be Indianapolis. Mark the Patriots. I mean, f the Pats, f the Pats, <laughs> f the Pats all the way. And that is the official position of AntsMarching.org. Wow, of which you are a member of. So uh, I guess by extension, by the uh, transitive property, you. Uh, you think uh, F the Pats also. So thank you for that sentiment. I will uh, take that to, to the bank. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing down shade on a Sunday morning. Sunday morning. And right after um, right after a, um, Red Sox lost, too. They lost? Yeah. Oh, even better. It's going to be a bad weekend for Boston. Yeah, well, that's a good weekend for me. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Boston's a really cool city, actually. It's just all the people that suck. <laughs> wow. Make, you're just losing the um, like the, the Lo- second... We're losing the East Coast viewer. The second largest market in the U.S. Uh, bam. <laughs> gone. Ah. Kind of like, kind of like the band with their with their fall touring uh, uh, geographic choices. Oh, they got a little. That's what I have in here. Yeah, we got a little. We got a little love from the uh, from the fall tour. Yeah, you certainly did. Yes, they did. Um, yeah, I think so, uh, fall tour would be the thing we talked the most about. But all these other things, just mention quickly and see if we had any comments about. But I'd like to run through it all, just as a. Hey, did you hear? From the number of added shows? Yeah, I just run through them, and, and maybe people weren't aware. And I'll, if I'll add any color where possible. All right, here we go. All right, y'all, welcome back. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we have more to talk about. Oh, my goodness, we have more to talk about. Um, we almost did, like, four to five hours of podcast yesterday, but it was a really nice sunny day here in the fall in Seattle, and Brittany and I went and got some... Um, Ice We went cream. down to a local beer joint Ooh. called The Hop and the Hound, Ooh. and they allow you to bring your dogs, of course, given the name. They have food trucks and... Just a really cool place. So we did some samplers there. Um, delicious. It was it's fresh hop IPA weekend or fresh hop weekend. Yeah. So a lot of really cool. That's cool. Yeah, you got to ma- maximize those days because they're going to be gone yep. here shortly. I mean, I'm looking at blue sky and sun right now. There's frost on the ground. Um, it is it is cold, but it's a beautiful day and it's only going to get worse. I mean, the rain's going to come. It's going to be four months of rain. So definitely have to tip max those. I look out my window and it's. Fallen leaves all over the place that looks like a lot of work to clean up. Um, How's your color out there? Um, it's actually the color. It's the green or fallen leaves. It's like I don't know for whatever reason. Huh. I don't have to. At least where I'm at, it's not the color. But it's 47 degrees where I'm at right now. Yeah, we've got we've got some we've got some amazing color coming in right now. It's not upstate New York where I'm from. That right there is that's the pinnacle. I think it's it's 37 here right now. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a it's a cold morning. It's not that's 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 a little atypical actually, but it is but it is cold. Um, but yeah, some of the leaves are starting to change now, and some of them are, we have some we have some trees that are bright bright orange red. That's awesome. And Those are beautiful. It, it, gorgeous, and especially in contrast with the green, really nice. Yep. Uh, Jim Tangretti, just still a Jets fan in Seattle. Yeah, guilty, <laughs> and he moved to Spokane and had to give up on them after 15 years. <laughs> Listen, Jim, if it were a choice, man, I'd be right there with you. For some reason, it's like I, 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 I. I I can't quit you. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the <laughs> fact that you gave up on him has anything to do with Spokane. I think you may, you may have given up on him after 15 years, just in general. No one can blame you, my man. No one. Yeah. No rough, one. Rough. Anyway, yeah. So before we get onto the fall tour, speaking of the fall colors, um, there are a handful of like miscellaneous shows that are up in Tour Central right now. Not all of them, Joe. We're getting a little chastised for okay. Farm Aid, and we will get on that. We promise. Yes. 
Um, but we uh, we have a few um, PR kind of shows. Like the band's making interesting uh, circuit rounds here. They went on the Jimmy Kimmel show. Yeah, cool. Nobody got our Jimmy thing joke. I, I thought that was hilarious. What, what, what did you say? So we said, hey, band was on Jimmy. Like they didn't play Jimmy thing with J-I-M-M-Y. And everyone's like, that's not how you spell Jimmy. That's not- it's J-I-M-I. It's not J-I-M-M-Y. Can always count on this fan base to have the best sense of humor. He's like, uh, connect the dots there, buddy. Oof, boy. Uh, they also went on Alan DeGeneres. With like- which that, I mean, that if, if you're not aware of the shift of the band and really what they're... <laughs> Where they're steering things, I mean, there you go. Um, I mean, that's a huge show. I mean, Ellen's, yeah. I mean, the, the demographic is definitely it, skewed. Well, that's probably one of the one of the bigger daytime shows going. Got right got to be right. I I don't follow the the stats on the daytime uh, ratings, but I feel like it's got to be one of the biggest ones. And, and that show could have been so much more. Um, and they unfortunately butted heads with LeBron James and what is it, Chatham Tatum, Tatum or whoever that is. Um, as guests on the show, so they they didn't get to do much uh, with Dave outside of they played their one song, but that could have been so much more. It was too bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, they also uh, they Dave played a uh, a Target a Target show. Yeah, up in uh, Minneapolis, uh, they played for Target Corporate. Dave just Dave did only four songs, so it was it was a quick one. But um, we don't know a lot. We got the four songs, what they are, but you know, why did they play Target? You know, the oh, the theory is is if you recall back when Come Tomorrow was released, Target did an exclusive vinyl, uh, you know, a, a, a colored vinyl, uh, and that was exclusive right. to Target. So the thought is they're you know they're made as part of that exclusive deal that they signed that maybe it included a appearance of Dave at the their corporate facility. So that was maybe still completing that contract there. So I think you're probably onto something there. Yeah. You know, Yep, and then um, there was a global climate uh, action summit. I think that was in like L.A. I believe um, there was like just two songs, um, not 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 too much to to write home about. But the bigger one, probably probably one of the bigger ones, was there was a Spotify concert Dave played in Seattle, um, and it looked like the smallest little room. Like it didn't look like a lot of people could fit in there, and it was a full Dave show of eighteen songs. And that is a that is a rarity. Dave solo shows shows not we talked about yeah this. yeah Dave solo shows not just like one or two songs or you know whatever like five songs I think anything over five is like pretty crazy in Dave's yeah because usually it's a radio show it's an appearance yep. it's an interview yep. coupled with things yep or he has Dave, uh, Tim with him or somebody with not him. A, not a, you're right not a show yeah but um, eighteen songs in a Dave solo that's pretty wild um I, I, you know. That would be interesting to find the longest. longest yeah, solo. I have to look that up. I, you know, uh, he he did that. Um, ben Ben Royal. I don't know how to say it. It's up by you. Ben 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 Royal. Ben Royal show up in Seattle. Yeah, well, yeah, shoot, I should have left you twisted on that. <laughs> <laughs> I I did do that during the break. I twisted twisted some names, and it wasn't it wasn't on purpose. Um, oh, I wasn't even here. I know that was a long one. I don't know how many how many songs were um, were on that one. Um. But yeah, eighteen songs and a lot, and I think some of some of the new new stuff. I mean that that that's a pretty cool show to be able to say that you went to. I would have uh, oh, loved sure. to have been to that one, and then rounded it out. He did Farm Aid, standard Farm yep. Aid. It was in uh, I think Connecticut. It was in Hartford this year, I believe. Right? Um, not too much to not too much notable there. I mean, we he they, they debuted here here on out last year at Farm Aid, but uh, this year no nothing new. 
And then the last one was supposed to, they were supposed to fly from Farmate down to Pilgrimage Festival. And I think they did fly to yeah. down there, but uh, the concert ended up getting canceled because of severe weather. That stinks. That does sink. And it's looking like, you know, they're, they're not something you can really reschedule a festival. So um, not being rescheduled. They haven't made any announcements like, okay, hey, we're sorry about that. Dave will be back next year. They haven't said that either. So feel bad for those that were – the band was kind of pumping. At least the, the marketing machine was kind of pumping that festival, um, you know, trying to encourage people to go tickets and get tickets to it. So feel really bad with the way that that turned out. It's too bad. So, Joe, I'm just just to look really quick here. I'm looking at <clears throat> like historically. I'm sorting in our in our tour central database. Basically, Dave Solo shows sorted by the length of the set list and characters, yeah. like not songs right now. Just just trying sure, to get it quick. Sure. And <clears throat> 18 songs, you said. Yeah. Was this um, back in like 2002? One, two, three, four, five. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. 20 songs. Whoa. In 2002 the... at, at um, Benaroya Hall. Oh. I think that's at Benaroya Hall. Yes, it is. And that's a DMB Live. Yeah, that's, that's the, the concert longest, I'm talking about. Yep, that's the one. The longest Dave Solo show oh. is a April show from 96 where he plays. Do you have show ID? 29 songs. Yeah, show ID is 2284. But it's a uh, but it's um it's April uh, 14th, 96. Sweet Briar College show. Yep. For years this was believed to be a Dave and Tim show prior to release of Crash, which apparently was not recorded by fans. No known copy of the show exists. In 2016, an official release showed that this was Dave Solo live at Sweet Briar College. So another real live release. That is cr- man, imagine it being that, Now that's a DMB live release, right? DM, that is a. That was not a live track. So they call it DMB Live, right? Yeah, you're, you're questioning me. I, uh, I'm searching now, but I don't know. I didn't know off the top of my head. Yeah, live release, not a not a live tracks, live yep. live at. <clears throat> so it's not unprecedented, but it is rare. That is a lot of songs. Yeah, it is, man. So did, were you saying that Ben Royal was the second, or are you just giving me how many that was there? That was the second longest, because okay. um, I'm I'm sorting by. Well, here's the thing: uh, it could be, couldn't be. Right now, I'm basically I just said a quick query. Sure, sure. I'm sorting on the length of the setlist field, and that is the count of characters. Yeah. So if you played, if you played fifty songs, all with three characters in their name, Num- all it numbered would probably songs, show up as short. Yeah, right, right. It wouldn't, it wouldn't show. Uh, one of his longer shows was actually this year, in 2018 in April, a Dennis Kucinich fundraiser. I was at that one, and that was so. It was oh so. It was that's what I thought found so unique about it is that you don't get long Dave solo shows. It's unheard of, and it was a blast. It has to be one of my highlight shows from the past five years. I don't know from any recent time. It was awesome. Sure. So I, I'm very jealous of that Spotify concert. Um, that must have been. A so we're going to be getting all of that into Tour Central too. Uh, we've we've yes. been remiss in our in our delay on that. So but. if you're lucky to go there, uh, expect soon to be able to mark that into your show stats. Yep, yep, for sure. Um, so word is that Mexico um, had a a three year contract with Dave and Tim. This would be the third year. So they got- if that if that rumor bears out, are we talking about this is the last year? It seems like. I mean, if it's a three year contract. You could say before knowing that, oh, they seem to like to do it. They're they're keep doing it. They're keep doing it. Um, do you have any kind of indication as to the financial success 
of this, or you know, because yeah. ultimately that's got to be the driving force, right? First year, huge, huge financial success. I, I mean, I don't know the financials, but I can tell you this: they had to add hotels. They ran out of hotels. They went to other properties and added them. So, all right, I'm deducing that it was a huge financial success. Second year, they kept all the same hotels, so they kept the extra hotels from the start, mm-hmm. and they still did a good job selling them. I don't think it was maybe quite as sold out. Can't really, I don't know the specifics there. Um, this year, it's been a few weeks since I tried to look and va- validate. I think it's probably off, but uh, at least I, the last I checked, it was a little off. I expected more to be sold out. Uh, but I haven't checked. Is recently. it more than the? Do you know if it's more than the? It's, these are the same hotels as the second year offered, right? Uh, as, yes, it looked to be the same. It they look, have not. Looked like it might have been. It's not back down eh, to the original. It might be actually back down. There might be one missing. Um, okay. So, yeah, uh, it might be a little off. I'll have to. I'll have to follow up and and see. Um, it'll be interesting. This is the last year. You know, I think it's cool that they announced it. They waited to the end of the tour. Where everyone was speculating, are they going to announce it? They had, you know, they do their typical thing. They waited to the end of this fall. Uh, excuse me, this winter, ugh, the summer tour, and then made the announcement of Mexico, which kind of messed up the announcement of fall tour. By the way, but they did that. Yeah. That they had to do all the pre-orders to that before they could announce the fall. You know, doing their typical stuff. Why announce both Mexico and fall at the same time? Because, oh, geez, we have to make sure we can squeeze every dollar out of Mexico before we let people know that there's for sure a fall tour. So kind of kind of shady business, but I guess, you know, to be expected maybe. I, I doubt anybody bought Mexico and then found out about the yeah, fall it's a, tour. It's, and a, then... it's a different fan that you would run into down there. It's not a cheap yeah. trip. No, it is, it is a luxury trip. It is not cheap, like you said. And then, you know, it only applies to – you know, certain people that are in the East Coast anyway. So uh, I don't think there was a lot of backlash around it. So which makes you think, why not just freaking announce them both at the same time? Why even bother with staggering them if people yeah. aren't going to be pissed off anyway? So it'll be interesting yeah. in Mexico. Um, so I do have heard a bunch of people going. Um, and it is a blast if you're still on the fence. I haven't made it, but I've talked to people that have and had an absolute awesome time. So um you also have the opportunity to get the the DMB Hub stub of uh, what eat the worm. Oh yes, eat the worm. I think, right, eat the worm, like tequila. Nice, a nice little stub action. That is definitely a unique, a unique trip. Well, so uh, why don't you talk us into the fall tour, Joe? Uh, much rumored uh, uh, towards the end of the summer that uh, was sounding good about a fall tour, and sure enough, come. The end of the summer tour, where they announced it. I think the team on Ants forums, um, Chad and others, thank you guys for all your diligent work uh, because I think Ants had the full fall tour dates figured out a couple weeks before the announcement, which is pretty pretty sweet. So nice work, guys, on that. And thank you to everybody that contributes to that, especially um, anonymous sources. Thank you guys for for your tips there. That helps true hardcore DMB fans try to make, do the most to get ahead of of logistics planning, hotel rooms. So you're helping out. You're helping out true DMB fans when you guys help us with some of those anonymous tips. So thank you for that. Um, but Chad Dizzy always likes to say, make, you know, make sure you book refundable things because things can change. <laughs> things change. Things change. Oh, yeah. Like we've seen tours that wrap around like the East Coast and do this, and that's the way it is, and then completely flip and do the opposite within like a couple final within a couple weeks. They have to rearrange everything. So you got to You know, you can't 
you can't make anything non-refundable until you see the see the official stuff. But worked out worked out this year. He had it all. So um, I actually don't know what is it. I want to say twelve shows. Do I have that number right? I think it's twelve. Yeah, or, something like that. I'm I'm disappointed because I won't be able to. I'm not getting on a plane. So it's all East Coast for the most part. You know, Columbus, Ohio is where the tour. Not goes. that that's a surprise. No, a short tour like that. I mean, it was not expected anything else. It's, I'm not bitter about it. It's just it's a bummer. Yeah, it's a bummer. It would be. You know. I mean, I mean, you had said even even if I'm not deeply interested in traveling to see this band, mm-hmm. um, the idea of going to Charlottesville again and trying to put something together from an ant standpoint that really. That pull, the draw of that, is very strong. Right. Um, ultimately, when you're talking about multiple flights to get there, and the cost of that, too, because renovating a house is, um, man, taking all of that cash that used to probably go into DMV's pocket. Right. <laughs> um, it's 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 a much easier decision to say, yeah, I would really love to, but it's not even close at this point, unfortunately. Yeah, yep. yeah it sucks. You know, it, it is kind of weird, like, you know, hey, maybe it's just easier on the band's crew travel wise sure. just to keep it in an area i mean it would be great if like can you just hit the th- hit the three parts of the u.s or maybe call it four do msg do chicago do uh colorado denver and do la or some or seattle or something on the west it, you know pearl jam i think does a great job of that i, I might be speeding but i think they do one weekend in each of those kind of areas and the, they just fly everybody you know, crew wise and between them all, um, it would have been nice to do that. But hey, at least we got the East Coast, and you can usually, f- you know, fly into New York for pretty cheap. And that's why I think MSG is like one of the the hot tickets. So it starts in Columbus, Ohio, uh, and then travels um, two two night stands, Madison Square Garden two night stand. I think that's the hot ticket of the tour right now. Sold out already. As is uh, Mohegan Sun or whatever, the Connecticut show that's uh, sold out. Uh, and then two nights in Seaville. And then the special thing, like we mentioned, with Preservation Hall Band, um, not sold out yet. But those are, I think, some of the, the highlights of the uh, of the tour, the, uh, the, the, the dates that came out. So you said 12 shows. Are you going to 13 of them? <laughs> I'm going to figure out how we do it. Uh, I'm, I'm planning right now on Seabus, Columbus, that is, uh, Madison Square Garden shows. And then uh, the DC and two Seville run. That's like a three night run there. So we'll do all that, and then hopefully I don't. I was looking last night and found cheap flight to Albany. Hopefully I don't convince myself to do that, but we'll see. Hmm. So about uh, tickets, yeah. uh, you found it interesting when I don't know if that it was it announced or was there justification made by third parties for when the price was one hundred thirty five thirty five bucks a ticket. Some were saying, oh, well, that, that includes a ticket to the album, right? So the history here is um, we didn't have a tour last year, and then this year we had a tour, and people were just outraged at a couple things. Premium tickets being released this summer, that was just pissing me off. No Alpine pissed people off, and the price of the ticket pissed people off. All those things, yep. oh, yeah, you, you too, that just, that just really aggravated people to where the point where there was hate mail, not hate mail, like dis, disapproving email being sent to to the warehouse, to management about this, like how upset they were. And management actually called people um, about this and talked about it. talked about why they didn't play Alpine, talked about the ticket prices and the, why they did premium. And they had, ex- they had reasons, or I'll call excuses, for each of those. The one for the ticket price was, hey, this is uh, – this 
ticket price, the reason for part of the in- reason for the increase was every ticket comes with an album. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, I don't wasn't planning on buying ten albums if I'm going to ten shows. <laughs> um, but okay, great, I get ten albums. You know, I'm not happy about that, but it is what it is. So the real key thing is what's going to happen then when the you know the next tour is the price going to go back down because they're not releasing an album. We can all assume because it takes six years to do an album. Um, and sure enough, here's the fall tour, and the price has not gone down. The price for oh, 130. Color me shocked if it went down. Color me shocked that it hasn't gone down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 135 dollars still, and now we don't get an album. It's the same price, and we don't get an album. Um, that's it's pretty pretty steep. They, they have a couple tiers now, so the closest seats are one tier, the next are another tier, and I think they I think they have like three tiers, floor, uh, you know, lowers and uppers and pit. Um, but still, for the most expensive ticket, not the most expensive, the the, the most standard ticket, one thirty five still. I just I was disappointed to see that they haven't they didn't do the price, and that's all in the frame of mind of. They're still doing premium tickets. Uh, they're still letting Ticketmaster do premium tickets. So the first five rows or more, up in some cases ten rows, of all the prime seats have all gone to Ticketmaster for pre- for for premium tickets, and they sell from three hundred to five hundred dollars a ticket. It, yeah, it's, it, that's just frustrating. From a, you know, it, it it just gives that feeling of like so you know selling out. And and and, and we'll just cover it here in case people haven't heard the past, but. The management's uh, justification for this is, listen, there is a secondhand ticket market for DMB tickets. Um, They're in high demand. It's a supply and demand problem. And the tickets are going for these prices even before the introduction of premium tickets. And the problem was is people were making that money. People were buying them at the $100, $135, and then selling them for the $300. And it was the, the sellers, the scalpers or the resellers that were making that. Can't have people making that money. It must be us. Well, th- and that was, It must be us. Well, that's That was the take. It was, you know, there's a demand for it. and that's, sh- that's that's the thing that bugs me is that, and I'm not a huge scalping, but I'm, I am a, a, a economies of scale, you know, supply and demand is a real thing. And that's made what capitalism is. And, and provided for, you know, bringing the half the world out of poverty, essentially. Yeah. And let's not go in. It's not an economics podcast. But um, I've always put a really um, a really skeptical eye at talking the people talking out of both sides of their mouth that, that saying, oh, scalping sucks, this and that, unless we do it. And then you've got basically, you've got people who will apologize for that kind of behavior to say, it's not right for people to, to sell things above faith. But when my band does it, Eh, you know, whatever. It's yeah. You know, pick a principle and stick with it and apply it evenly. Yeah. Uh, so that that's pretty frustrated that uh, that we still have the premium ticket crap out there, and that's the tickets that are. It's, at- it's it's been going on for a long time. Live Nations VIP stuff from eight nine years ago. It, this has been going on for a long time, and it's just yeah. it, it's it's shift your outrage really. I mean, Ticketmaster and every. It, it's, it's it's broken. It's, it's broken. Yeah, and it's broken. And so what leads this too is there's a new new seating arrangement for the fall tour. Um, for the fall tour, the floor is not all GA. There's uh now for now there is a smaller f- section. I'm being told I think 500 people maybe uh, a GA pit. You know a general admission pit at the front, and then they're doing seating behind that. And you know I love it. What. 
my anxiety does not like unassigned seats. Yeah, it's nice to have the assigned <laughs> seats. I'm. I think it's really disappointing that they did. You this. like Pitt? I know. I know you like. I don't Pitt. like. I like the assigned seat, but there. But I like some things about a GA that um, that you can't get with a signed seat. And I, and this is actually my complaint. I've said multiple times that we can do better with ticking. Is I like with the GA is that you can get a whole bunch of people together. You can join yeah. a show with a bunch of friends as a group. You can do that on a lawn at a live show at an outdoor show. And then the way you do that at an indoor show is you do it on the floor because there's no lawn. And so if you want to watch with five friends, ten friends, twelve fans, whatever you want to get together, or you want to bounce around and see different friends at different parts of the show. Like you would do on the lawn, you can do that on the floor. And if the band would do ticketing system where you could actually get tickets together with other people and have maybe a row of seats together, with, you know, you did it in group t- groups, they seated people in groups, then that would solve that problem. But they don't. And so the next best thing is doing it on a GA floor. Well, they're not doing that. And that sucks that you can't sit with your friends. That's one of the best parts of a show is being able to be with more than one person next to you. You know, I did, oh, this is the one person I'm going to the show with. I, I want to do it with more people and more friends. Why, it sucks that they're not doing that. Sucks that they're not doing that. And and my only theory is the reason they're not doing it is because guess what? When you don't do that, you can sell more premium tickets, more uh, you know, more of those floor seats for more price. So that's very disappointing that they did that. I think the band is trying to shift into a legacy classic. I think they want to be the Rolling Stones and U2, where they have a long career. Mm-hmm. They're considered, uh, a, a, they're you know, by their tour. I mean, every time they go out, it's a big deal. They sell out their top three in the country in tour revenue. I mean, they, like it or not, they might not be the Rolling Stones when it comes time to the history of music. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, when it comes to the tour, touring aspect, they're, they're as good, they're as, you know, accomplished as those bands in the in that class. So I think they're shifting to that where we've already seen them, in our opinion, move away from the things that favor hardcore fans, right? Lower ticket prices so you can see multiple shows. I think they're focusing less on that and moving more towards into this upper echelon of we can now charge that kind of money for tickets. Unfortunately, and I, you know, who knows... They still allow taping, which is a big freaking deal. I don't want to. I don't want to minimize that mm-hmm. because that is something that's different from a lot of these big headlining bands. Um, they still allow taping, and I really hope that'll continue. But um, it seems like you know, Ellen, they're they're steering towards this. Where now this big huge touring act, and but the difference is they're, is not, they're not selling out the shows like those other those acts. You can you can. You can buck you can buck that by getting your average ticket price up. Yeah, they, yeah, you can still yeah they, they they have less people going, but they're charging more money so that they're you know they're they're still making the same or making more as a total concert income. Um, but it's just I mean that's the, I mean that's too bad that the ticket price is going up and there's probably people out there that would love to go to two MSG shows, but guess what? I can't afford five hundred dollars, you know paying new york city rent or whatever um i'd love to go to two but i can't and then there there you go there's some show now msg is probably a bad example because those shows sold out but you look at albany for instance the albany show there is like two people that have bought tickets to that show the whole upper ring of seats like call it the 200 level 100 percent open other than like the fifth for what for the albany show the show they're playing in albany or no i mean but why? No one's no one's going. No one's buying the ticket, and I, maybe casual fans in Albany, you know, that are looking for Dude, some. That is DMB Central. 
It is DB. Upstate New York. Yeah, it's, it's DB Central, I guess. I don't know. I mean, maybe the casual fan that's looking for somebody, something to do in the winter is looking at the ticket price and looking, I got to drop $300 to go to DMB um, for an indoor show. Um, mm, that's rough. So I don't know. Albany is not selling. That venue is um, empty. Wow. Way. That stuns me. I mean, that's a half hour down the road from Saratoga. Yeah. That Albany is upstate New York. Outside of the Charlottesville area, and I would argue that I, I don't live in Virginia, right? I don't know what the what the the line is on on Dave Matthews Band, but you know my family all still lives back there. I I know like Dave, going to a Dave show is I've never seen anywhere else in the country where it's as feverent as it is in upstate New York. So that, that stuns yeah. me. I, I don't know what the I don't know what the reason is there. It's very interesting, but you can get plenty of tickets for for that. I mean, overall, I think the ticketing process is broken. I don't think anybody else there thinks it's not broken. Here's though, I would say the one thing about this this fall tour that is different than the other ones from ticketing perspective is warehouse members did not get declined. And I'm not saying there's no declines, but nearly everybody got tickets to the warehouse. So I I am thinking, you know, and I'm pretty confident about this is that. The the warehouse changed some things from the fall tour and took up a lot of the tickets for this fall tour. They had the majority of the tickets for these concerts, and any fan that put something in, you got a ticket. That was really frustrating because this year, uh, they, for this tour, they didn't let you pick the seat section you wanted. So you get stuck with uppers is essentially what I'm saying. You, you said, hey, I just want to get like a floor or a lower bowl. If I can't get that, I don't want to go or I'll find tickets somewhere else. You didn't have that choice. If you got stuck with uppers, which is really frustrating. That's like worse than Ticketmaster. At least when you do Ticketmaster, if you can get the thing to work, you at least can say, oh, these tickets came up and they're freaking behind the stage or side stage. Were, were there a ton of declines the summer tour from Warehouse? Not a ton, but there were there were, there were declines. I, you almost wonder if that's a perception thing. Which thing? Is that Warehouse wanted to avoid being on the hook for declinations again. Yeah, I think I think so, too. I think they said, hey, we got it. let's do this one. Let's wait and make it for the, the fan club, ticketing-wise. Let's... Make sure any fan that wants a ticket through the fan club, let's try to do. Let's let's maximize yep. that. And I mean, clearly the warehouse is not sitting there like Doctor Evil trying to rip you off. I mean, they're in a really tough position. I and mean, we've gone over this before. Yep. I mean, they ha- they haven't done everything perfectly. They're not infallible, but yep. but they genuinely try to do what's right. And they, as you can see, they are listening. And it's unfortunate that sometimes that reaction causes them. Now you got this restriction. They're trying to do a good thing. Yeah. Right. Try to do a good thing. It's just take your pick. It's, nothing's perfect. Right, yeah. So most of the tickets, I think that's awesome that most of the tickets went to the warehouse. I think the only ones that people got declines on, some people are commenting in the comments, is MSG. That was the hot ticket to, to, to request. If there was one that people got declined, it was that. But still, I think a lot the, the, the success rate on MSG was much higher than any other popular show that we've ever seen. Uh, the other, other one was... Probably much higher than like a SPAC Night oh, 2 yes, does 100%, in the normal case. 100%. Yeah. So... Um, they get the awesome job from the warehouse for doing that. The other thing that warehouse is doing that's really cool is they're offering pit upgrade. They're doing pit upgrades for people, so they're going to be taking lots of tickets and, and giving people the option to upgrade a pit. You had to go into the warehouse and pick which one you wanted to put in the hat for that. You got to pick one show that you wanted to get uh, put in the hat for a pit upgrade. But that's pretty cool. They're doing that. And they got doing this other thing called Golden Ticket, where. Um, Again, random people are being selected, and you get upgraded to the premium package, the premium ticket. So you not only get a good seat with the premium ticket, or could get pit with premium, but you also get the two po- get two posters. You know, usually like a another gift, like a blanket or a chicka pig or something. But at random, they're picking people for the golden ticket. They get upgraded to premium. So 
I don't. It would be great to know some kind of stats about how many premiums, how many how many golden tickets they're doing, or how many pit upgrades they're doing. I hope they're not just like one for each show. I, I think there's more than that, but it would be nice to see to see how many it is. I think that's awesome that they're that they're doing that. Um, but there's some things at the warehouse that did that I didn't like, which again was they didn't let you pick the tier of ticket you wanted. You had to get stuck any ticket you get stuck with, and you don't even get to see what ticket you're going to get. So um, Michael Scott has infiltrated the bands. Uh, management machine. If he's handing out golden tickets, <laughs> he's in there. Um, the other, limit one per customer. The other thing. Remember. The other thing that's disappointing <laughs> with the warehouse is they are not. Have, does not appear that they'd used seniority, which is really, really disappointing. I know somebody with a with a uh, day one, day two account. You know, early early account um, got approved for for both tickets for Madison Square Garden. Um, so you figure, okay, one of the nights will be priority, and you get good seats. Not the case. Both both nights, one and two, upper deck. Um, so clearly, no seniority was taken to get to to get better seats. Do you think seniority was used to get the seats? Period. No, they say that that's random. They, they've been they've been pretty clear that seniority does not come in on the on Chan- chance has always been random, and then usually seat placement is seniority. Typically. That's what that's what they say. Yeah, it seems like there might be better chances of getting premium tickets if you're um oh yeah uh, if you're pay to pay more yeah um hey some some of those premium i mean you go in for a raffle for the premium tickets i mean uh, there's more demand for the pre- from the those uh premium packages than there is supply so and again that goes to the management's point that people want to pay that much um but maybe seniority helps you with that it's hard to say but I'm disappointed in the no seniority thing, disappointed in the way that they did the tickets. They are doing cool things with the pit upgrades and the golden tickets, and I'm glad that not a lot of people got declines other than maybe some MSG. Um, I think there's still a scalping problem. And, and after the on, if you went to try to buy on sale, I tried to do the public sale. I tried to do Ticketmaster, and it just spun. I didn't even get the thing that come up and order tickets. Nobody had any luck. The, ticket, the public ticket sale was a mess. Now, I think that's part because the warehouse had all the tickets, but it was a mess. And then scalpers had two for MSG. They had two thousand tickets up the first day for sale for MSG, which is about you know roughly ten percent of the value, ten uh, percent of the capacity. How many of those do you think are are? Oh, so stuff up on day one. Could it? Could I? Could I have gone in as Matt and gotten a ticket and flipped it on stuff up day one? Yes, you could if you could have got in. Yeah, but. So how many of those two thousand do you think are people that grab? I mean, probably a lot, right? Zero. Nobody could get the the Ticketmaster to work. It was just a spinning ticket. No tickets were coming up on Ticketmaster. People waited an hour and, and wow. an hour and a half, and it was just a spinning thing. So they're all scalpers, and uh, and and I'm you're, I'm just positive of it, just because of the way that they're posted on there. They're posted on both. Um, Ticketmaster's resell, verified resell, and they're posted on StubHub, the same ticket. So it's somebody, you know, it's scalpers with programs, you know, software that's posting yep, all this stuff. Yep. So 10% of the value is going to scalper. 10% of the capacity of the stadium is going to scalpers without even a, a chance for a, a, a non warehouse member to get it. If you're a non warehouse member, it is impossible. You're paying. You're going to be paying more than face because it's impossible to get a face ticket. So that is just broken. That's that sucks. Other bands are doing things better there with you know verified fans and logins and lotteries and stuff like that. Just even for not a fan based ticket, just for a standard person. And in this case, they're just all going to scalper. So uh, disappointed about how the ticketing is, has worked for this fall tour. Yeah, that's too bad. Yep. Um... So Seville, is anything going down uh, this year? Uh, I know it's if anything, it's going to be pretty 
pretty limited or or not so official and not 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 official, but nothing too organized. I'm guessing, right? Well, more to be said, still to be determined on Seville. Um, you know, obviously, uh, sad news that Matt's uh, not able to make it, so that puts a little bit of dent in it. Um, the uh, the bigger complicating factor is. The band is playing the night before in DC, like a couple hours, a mm-hmm. couple hours away. Normally, we do a night zero show, a night zero party. People get into town. You want to? You got you got the night available. You want to do something? It works a lot better than uh, after parties because an after party kicks off at like the band wraps up at eleven, you say, or even later. Maybe you're getting to the after party maybe eleven thirty or midnight. You got maybe two hours if you really want to stay stay yeah. up till two in the morning. It's it's not for everybody. It's hard to do a gathering after the show just because people are pooped and hungry or whatever, you know, you got you got going on. So it's it's really that bore itself out in twenty sixteen when we did the the tour kickoff and DMB Hub launch party at Monoloco in Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. It you don't realize that it, it's it was really difficult. I mean it was a great party, but there, there were still patrons there from the restaurant. They didn't close it down and, and draw that line. And so there was like a blend between when the party actually started and when. And it's just, it was, it's very hard to organize that. Like you said, you have to have availability. And if you're squeezed by shows the night before and then after the timing of that, exactly yeah, it's, right. It's, so it's tough. tough. So we don't have night zero. We don't have night zero because of DC. And, and I might like very likely be in DC. So that really complicates trying to do a party if I'm going to be at the DC show. So, I don't know. Open to ideas. If someone's got some ideas, I know there's a couple people um, from the Charlottesville area that have been um, emailing and talking with me, and thank you guys for suggestions. Um, you know, we're, we're, we'll, we'll see if we might be able to do something about a tailgate or maybe do something about um, a day party, a meetup, or um, maybe still do an after party for the, the, uh, the limited few that are interested. We'll, 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 we're, we're talking about it. Hopefully, we'll have some more info. We might be able to be announcing um, another special event that we'll be doing in Charlottesville. Still need to work through some of those details, so stay tuned. We'll, there might be a couple, uh, one other thing. So hopefully we'll know more. But um, unfortunately, it's complicated this time because of all of those factors. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to share that. Mm-hmm. So uh, some miscellaneous stuff before we wrap up because we're really pushing it here. Um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominations. Yes, this was this. We've been waiting for this day. Because this was the first year, I think, that Dave Matthews Band could qualify for nomination into um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think it's uh, 20 years after your first uh, album, uh, LP release. Um, And so this, this, uh, I think I have that right, but um, because I know it's been way... It's longer than that. It's got to be bigger than that because that would have been 2014. Yeah. Or 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 earlier, if you count, remember two things. Right. Yeah. I, I'm forgetting what it is. Maybe I have it wrong. Then clearly, maybe it's 25. Maybe it's 25. It could be 25 with remember two things. Right. So anyway, this was we had figured this all out. I just forgot it. But this was the first year, and so just this past week, the uh, they announced the nominations of the short list of people that potentially could be nominated, and Dave Matthews Band did not even make the short list. What is the criteria for this? Yeah, look it up real quick. Um, let's see. I don't want to Google. You don't want to Google. <laughs> Criteria. Let's see. Uh, influence and significance of the artist's contribution. Influence. And uh, let's see. That's interesting. That's 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 like that's how they choose the person. But as far as you know, base requirements, you have to. Um, 
Yeah, okay. Yep. Thank you, Britt. Criteria include the influence and significance of the artist's contributions to the development and perpetuation of rock and roll. That, that's how you pick the person to go in. But to be even qualified, base qualification, and here it is, is you, um, the, an individual artist or band must have released its first commercial recording at least 25 years prior to the year of nomination. No, and we got that. We okay, got I thought that, you were still but... asking that. Okay. No, no, no. And, and then to the point of, okay, so what, what, what are you judged upon? And that is one very vague and that's fine that's it should be right um yeah. here here, here but, there's there just as far as getting on this getting on the short list yeah and those things six of the there's 15 people that were are on the short list now six of them six of the 15 are first time nominees first time that they could be on there or i don't know if they're first time okay. they could be on there but the first time they are so these are people that beat out dave matthews band def leppard devo john prine Roxy Music, Stevie Nicks, and Todd Rudgren. I don't even know who that is. Who's Todd Rudgren? Todd Rudgren. I've seen him like 87 times. I actually have. <laughs> uh, I think he's got a song called Stone Cold, and uh, I actually run stonecolder.org. <gasps> I forgot you're a big uh, Todd Rudgren. My other time, I forgot you're a big, than big fan of that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, admit, this is not fun to admit, but I mean, I don't know. Two of these people. Um, do you think that they are forever, or at least currently, um, pigeonholed into jam band session, and they don't consider that rock and roll? And if that's true, part B of that is you see the shift in their albums, in their live performances, in their TV appearances to try to become more mainstream. No. I think become more mainstream. I think the band wants to do um, just in general. I think they would love to have been a a, a Super Bowl halftime show, which is just they, they, sure. they've lost their their peak of that, unfortunately. As you know, at least as a headliner. So let me tell you this: here's people that are on the short list. Do you think these people embody rock and roll more than DMB? Okay, great question. Janet Jackson. Uh, yes. Wow. LL Cool J. No. I mean, he's, LL Cool J is, was definitely... I mean, ladies love him. Yeah, ladies love him. And I think he's but definitely no. influential. I don't know about in the rock and roll space influential. Um, no, right, right. So... I mean, so that to that point, you cannot, you cannot shade against jam bands or... I, I think Dave Matthews Band is very much on the edge of the jam band right. genre. I mean, they're not. They used to be. At everyone all. thinks of that. The first thing you think of is you hear DMB is like somebody just said this to me uh, last night or two nights ago. Oh yeah, well DMB is a jam band, so you know. I'm like, eh, they're, they're not, not a jam band anymore. Uh, they're not. And, uh, you know. So, I and I, and in my opinion, I never. I don't think they ever were a true jam band because I don't think I would have gotten into them enough. I need more structure to a song. Yeah. Uh, that's. I went again. Upstate New York, huge fish. Uh, air, uh, fan area. A lot of my friends in college were big fish fans, and so I tried, and I was surrounded by it, and I just could not latch on because the style of jam band to me doesn't lend itself to. I just can't hook onto yeah. it. Uh, it's too ethereal, mm-hmm. right? And that's fine. It's just for me. Tension. Um, so I never saw Dave Matthews Band as a jam band, as a as a true, and that's jam what band attracted to you, yeah. yeah. So I don't. DMB has actually been in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame before. I don't know if you knew this. DMB like like visiting. <laughs> well, Dave introduced um, somebody. Gosh, I can't remember. Somebody will remember. It's like they, they they Dave introduced somebody into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, he was like the the uh, the the 
the person that presented them with the induction. But yeah. D&B has had a presence inside the, not the, them as a representation of them inside the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There was um, a display with Dave Matthews Band. If I remember correctly, it was a bunch of I Did It stuff, ironically. Um, like they had like the, the, the suit that Dave wore for I Did It and some of the other props from the music video. Um, so to say like they don't belong in there, they've actually already been in there in, in just in a limited capacity, not inducted. Interesting. I, I have to hope that they're eventually going to get in there. I guess maybe. The, How often do they, do they do it every, every year? year? Yep, every year. I mean, uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. I can't imagine that they won't eventually make it in. It, maybe it's going to take a while to the to the point where they consider them, consider them more influential. I don't know, but the touring that this band has done is will beat anybody in resume. I think. Um, yeah. And that exactly like I was saying, when you talk, when you lift up bands like Rolling Stones and U2 in terms of their touring acumen, in terms of those credentials, you're absolutely including Dave Matthews Band in that list. Right. That peers, that is record breaking. And then the albums, the number one, the, the most consecutive number one albums for a group. Um, what more do you want them to accomplish? Yeah. What more would they need to accomplish? Yeah. You know, it seems kind of hard. Like, shouldn't that person be in the Hall of Fame? So, a little disappointing. Right. I, I was kind of wanted to, really hopeful that they'd happen in the first year and we'd, ha- we'd get appearances and get to check out what would make it a can, very... Can we all agree that, that these institutions that are set up by self-backslapping people are all a bunch of strokers? Oh. I mean, yes. they snubbed Leroy, what the Grammys yeah. snubbed Leroy. Like they, they, you know, why people put so much emphasis on a bunch of highbrow people who live in different by live by different rules, live on a different planet almost. Yep. And, and yes, yeah, everybody. Oh, I'm going to get together and watch the Emmys tonight. Why? So you can watch a bunch of a holes, congratulate other a holes. Yeah. And, and it sucks. It's so, nice you know, to get it, but take yeah, the snub, but take it with a great yeah, salt. I, yeah, exactly. I think that's how the band would probably look at it. Is like they don't actually consider that like disappointing at all because they know of all the stuff that happens behind there so yeah so we'll have to see till next year maybe they make the list then i I think i think it's a very subjective process because if you look at it from any objective measure dave matthews band is a is an all-time great and uh we can we can and and we were we were along for the ride everyone so yeah good enough (laughs) enjoy yeah (laughs) yep exactly exactly um one little uh, note here. Um, this is the 20th anniversary of Before These Crowded Streets this year. And we're looking at your calendars. We're quickly running out of days in this year. Uh, in in 2014, we got the Under the Table release and its mistake and the re-release of the one of the mm-hmm. discs. And we got Crash in 2016 on vinyl. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are not seeing anything. And little whispers are starting to uh, come out that it... It might not happen this year, or well, I don't. I stick. think we speculate just because it's an, you know, well, we said we yeah. we talked about BTCS vinyl in January or February, and said, "Yikes, how are you going to do a, a vinyl if we got an album coming out?" So mm-hmm. it seemed seemed seemed. It's already been a crowded year. First year back. Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I'm I'm hopeful that we'll still see it, but at see at this point that we haven't heard anything. I mean, it's like. Um, I, uh, I guess no. Um, I don't know. It, it just seems like we've run out of time. I can't believe where 2018 um, went. What I have noticed, though, too, and maybe I wasn't paying close enough attention, so correct me if I'm wrong, but th- I don't think the 20th anniversary was ever really emphasized when releasing the reissuing the vinyls. Is that right? I mean, I mean like, how, how yes, much, how much yes, by emphasized? Like, yes, it was on the 20th anniversary of the release, but it wasn't like... 20th anniversary re-release. I don't think it was it was packaged and announced as it, it was a, a vinyl reissue. 
but it wasn't a, this is the 20th anniversary of this album. I think in the write-ups it said, you know. T- yes, it was mentioned, but I don't yeah. think it was ever really a headlining. No, yeah. It's like stamp. It's so if it comes out in the 21st year, you can still say 20th anniversary if you want to. You can say, yeah. you know, over 20 years well, ago. The, the other thing is, there is a vinyl of BTCS right now. Uh, it's not produced anymore. It's out there, and it has it commands a premium, but... The other albums, there was no vinyl, so you could you can say like, well, we already got a vinyl of BTCS, um, so I, you figure I got to do something a little bit more special if you're, uh, you know, with a BTCS album. So I, I don't. I, I would like to actually have a BTCS that I can listen to, though. I will not break. I mean, mine's used, mm-hmm. but I won't listen. Yeah, to Yeah, um, I have an I have a sealed one. I also don't have a I, really? I have a sealed one, but I don't have a vinyl player. Thank, thankfully, some of my good friends and Jensen uh, let me listen to theirs on their on their player. Yeah. Listen to headphones is absolutely amazing thing to do. Oh so, yeah, sounds so good. Um, there's there's a lot, hot thread on this topic on the forums. So if you want to join the conversation, jump into the forums. Um, there's a lot of discussion on what would you like to see included if they are going to release a BTCS vinyl. What would you like to see included with it? What would be your hopes, your wishes, your dreams? Oh. Um, jump in there. Who knows? Maybe someone's reading that and will maybe influence what we get. Um, I think a lot of people are dying for the MacCAD because that was what showed up on that infamous little drawing that I think was included in the liner notes of the album or or a, a post, a picture, or something. They called they called um, they called Dreaming Tree Stefan Seven. Uh, I think I think Don't Drink was Drop D or something, uh, yep. and um, was 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 uh, Last Stop called Arabian or Black and White at, on that uh, list? I knew the last I knew stop. the other ones you just talked about. I don't remember the uh, the last the last yeah. stop yet. I know that at various times that song Last Stop was considered both Black and White and Arabian, right? And thank you, Stephen. Uh, um, Rapunzel was uh, Funkin' Five, mm, yeah. And not that the notes indicated this, but that was actually from a soundcheck jam in like '94, '95. That's out there somewhere too. Uh, I think I think it's up for download on on uh, on our torrent section, which is really cool that they went back at the time. It was only three years ago. So imagine that the band in in the same way, if the band was to put an album out right now, that would be them like digging through their sound checks from 2015 <laughs> to put together a song. I mean, it's such a like lore of uh, of of history when we think about Rapunzel's or origins. Yep. But really, all they did was go back a tape three years and and pull it out. But now, when you hear it like that, it sounds like wow, they were they were digging through their old stuff, and it would be just like if they dug out a sound check from twenty fifteen. Yeah, it was an early draft of the the the, the album tracks, what it was going to be, and with working names. And yeah, at stay Funkin' Five, you just mentioned is Rapunzel, uh, Stefan's Seven, which was Dreaming mm-hmm. Tree, and that's that's related to the time signature, uh, of, right, right. of Dreaming Tree. And Stefan is awesome on that song, obviously. So, oh my goodness, um, Spoon, Chim Chimney. Uh, that's right. That's Stone. Stone was Chim Chimney. Um, Don't burn the pig. Uh, Crush, Drop D, which you just mentioned was Don't Drink the Water. The infamous Mackhead. Which come back to that Mackhead, which was described as Paul McCartney and Radiohead. It's a, mi- a song that's a mix of yeah those two, and this is the sound that we had, which only got people more excited. Like. Um, uh, yeah, we want to hear that. Those, those are those are two amazing uh, <laughs> yeah. artists. So uh, let's uh, hear it. That seems like it'd be amazing. How is it not on the album? Um, Egyptian, uh, which was last stop, and then Halloween. So that was the working track list and working names. And uh, the mystery has always been around Mackhead. What happened to it? Where did it go? Why didn't it make the album? And Lily White, the producer of BTCS, has 
used to, many years ago, used to drop onto Twitter and and stoke people's interest about it or answer questions about it. We've done past podcasts about it, um, about MacHead. Um, yeah, we'll just stop there on MacHead, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, do you have anything you want to add, Joe? Before we before we put a bow on this, we're gonna again we're gonna get the uh, last uh, episode of the podcast up in the um, up in the uh, the podcast apps here. We're gonna fix the YouTube. Apparently, with that clip of um, busted stuff from Kylie Walker. Trip the Kylie forty Walker? seconds we played. Is that a guy's bit. name? That was Ryan yeah. or something. Riley oh, Walker. Okay. I don't know. Uh, Ryan. It tri- the forty seconds that we played tripped up uh, YouTube. They banned the whole video from worldwide. <laughs> so and it said, "You want me to go? Do you want us to go ahead and fix this?" I go, "Yeah, fix it. Mute the stinking thing. Mute the forty seconds that we played." And it's failed multiple times. So, so yeah, I mean, what is like always a outstanding at hour and a half podcast, and like there's thirty seconds of. Uh, right. They banned the, the whole thing. Yeah, so very. First. You know, they're smart. They're smart enough to be able to detect that forty seconds, yeah. and they say, "Do you want to mute it?" And I say, "Yes," and it fails. It says, "Because we're Google, and good luck trying to get support at it." Because we're Google, it's all machines. You don't get and to talk we, to a real person. There are no humans yeah. that work here. I, I did listen to yeah. that song, by the way, after the podcast. Pretty interesting. I mean, yeah. I, my first take was it's just DMB lyrics to some new music, but I guess the chorus did use the traditional busted stuff kind of sound that that from a music yep. standpoint that was from my list and the only really connection to dmb other than that it used i am lyrics. very interested to hear the rest of the interpretations yeah yeah exactly it's hard to judge it by just one song though normally you normally pick your favorite one to to stir interest to promo it so i don't know what that means about the other ones but um yeah i think uh uh, I'm interested to hear more. What is coming out in like a month or something? So yeah, it'll be cool. November 16th, so a little over a month. Yeah, we'll see how that turns out. I'm gonna grab yeah, it. We'll see how that turns out. That's cool that someone's doing that. Grab it. Yeah, that's uh, that's all I yeah. wanted to say. I think uh, thanks for talking with me, Matt. It was good good stuff to catch up. But a lot of stuff to to talk about. Um, yeah, I'm sorry to wake you up before noon on a Sunday, <laughs> Joe. I mean, I really do appreciate you, you know, dragging yourself out I of bed. Go, I can go me. do spend my uh, one hour of prep time now. There you go. Now it's. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who's not watching, you do need to subscribe to us on YouTube because Joe just quaffed his hair. <laughs> he just quaffed his hair, and, and if you're not on, if you're not subscribed to us on YouTube, you won't see this. And and you know what? I'm I have the actual broadcast up here, so it's like ten seconds delayed. I just saw it again. Oh. It twice. It's so great. It's so great. Um, yeah, it's free, man. Just subscribe to us on uh, on YouTube and. Uh, you'll be, and you can also hit uh, notifications, and you, can, and you can be notified when we do go live. Um, if, in case you're, in case you're interested in watching us broadcast these live, uh, otherwise it'll be up on uh, well the Apple Podcast app, Overcast. Uh, take your pick, take your pick. Um, but yeah, if you wouldn't mind subscribing, give us a review on the uh, on iTunes for our podcast as well. We'd love that. Um, and Joe's going to get on our Tour Central and update and putting all those fall shows. To, fall <laughs> I knew you were going to say in, that. How many, if we should count how many times you said that this 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 podcast. I, I, I want to make sure it's on the record. Oh, it's definitely on the record. You think you got it in like a good seven <laughs> times. So, yes, we will get those in. Awesome, awesome. Everybody, uh, thanks for listening. Have a great Sunday. Go Jets. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast. Visit AntsMarching.org and be part of the largest DMB community on the Internet. Show downloads, Tour Central, personal show stats and set list game, and so much more. AntsMarching.org, the best stop for all things DMB.